Well, hello there. Welcome back to Driving Theology. This is Mike. It is July. If you can believe it. July what, you ask? I think. Here in Japan, it's July 5th. So I think yesterday. What is the date today? Hey Siri, what's the date today? It's Wednesday, July 5th, 2023. There you go, July 5th. But right now, it's July 4th in the States. <coughs> Independence Day. Uh, and Americans everywhere are uh, running to the hospital finding out that they can't get their fingers reattached <laughs> after blowing them off with errant fireworks. I laugh because I've never seen it happen. It's never happened to me, um, but it is a thing, apparently. Uh, a lot of people being crazy with fireworks and, and sometimes drinking and, and maybe the heat and who knows what else drives people uh, crazy enough to do certain things, but... This is certainly that time of year when those kinds of things tend to happen. <clears throat> oh, I'm stuck behind the truck. My favorite thing. Independence Day. You know, <clears throat> Independence Day was probably, aside from maybe Christmas... think about this. You know, it's really the only major holiday that happens in the summer that is that is super fun, like for kids. Of course, you have Labor Day and you have Memorial Day and that's, you know, whatever. Uh, for kids, it's not really exciting stuff, but the 4th of July is a, a lot of fun and I can remember having some really fun 4th of July uh, celebrations, especially as I got a little older. Um... <laughs> You know, a lot of the Easter and even Christmas, a lot of the mystique involved in those in those days, uh, even Halloween, um, is really more fun for for children the smaller they are. Uh, you know, besides maybe being you know uh, younger than one years old or something, one year old. Um, but Fourth of July, the older you got, the more you could participate. The more you can do, uh, and uh, you know, lighting using fire, right? The the whole um, fascination with Fourth of July and fire um, is a really amazing thing to boys, and our fascination with explosions, right? Loud noises, explosions. I think that's why boys really like uh, well the Fourth of July and guns. I think guns, for whatever reason, um, are really fascinating to to boys, young men. That's why boys, even in a place like Japan, with kids who've never seen a real gun, uh, certainly never held one or shot one, still use guns as toys. You know, it's it's and mostly it's boys, but it's just part of the imagination. I still have, you know, <clears throat> boys play. Even today in Japan, you know, they'll hold up their fingers in the shape of a gun and tell you to put up your hands. 
you know, playing basically cowboys, cowboys and Indians, we used to call it. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, <clears throat> so the 4th of July was, was a time when you could kind of start, you know, the older you got, you could kind of start both indulging your boyhood um, fascinations with fire and explosions. Uh, and at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, uh, do what the adults were doing. Because a lot of the adult, I'm sure women do fireworks too, of course. But I mean, you know, I think men really, really look forward to the 4th of July. <clears throat> and it makes me wonder, you know, how much of this uh, fascination with, with guns and explosions is because of, uh, you know, either, either our backgrounds as, as warlike people, you know, if we had people in our family who were soldiers or went to war or, you know, no matter how far back, how much of that gets in our DNA and then transfers to the uh, <clears throat> subsequent generations through our DNA, you know, if that's something that's that or, or is it, you know, just the opposite? Is it because we've seen a lot of violence on television and movies and uh, you know kids now YouTube and TikTok and whatever uh, is it something like that is it something that we teach boys to to like and enjoy now obviously not all kids like loud loud noises and you know there are um, there are those exceptions <clears throat> um, but Fourth of July, Americans go crazy. A couple years ago, well, it's probably been four or five years ago now, uh, I was able to be in the States for the Fourth of July. And, you know, some of the young men in my family went out and bought massive fireworks, the biggest I had ever seen on a domestic, you know, to be used in a domestic capacity. <clears throat> and apparently they were kind of illegal <laughs> I don't even know um, they, were, they were kind of illegal um, but uh, it was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen you know that close to me <clears throat> of course I've gone to big uh, you know fireworks displays and things like this I've, I've been to uh, some of the big fireworks festivals here in Japan they're just massive but you're always pretty far away, you know. Uh, these were these were literally uh, on the street in front of the house, and we were sitting in front of the house to watch them. And they were just, you know, it was just a pretty amazing thing to see and to do. Uh, and it's you know it's colorful. It's it's in the summer, so you're outside. It's part of the outside barbecue culture, right? A lot of barbecues and fireworks take place together, even here in Japan. That's a that's kind of a set thing. And family gets together, and friends get together, and you do things that are, that are both beautiful and dangerous at the same time. You, <clears throat> you teeter on that border between uh, chaos and order, and it's exhilarating, right? It's, it's exciting. It's, it's fun. And there's a lot of bad stuff that happens, too. Uh, people get hurt. Uh, people fire guns, right? Uh, they shoot guns instead of fireworks. 
they drink a little too much and then they use fireworks and maybe they start fires and, and all kinds of things. But for me as a kid, uh, it was just nothing but, but awesome. You know, you just hope that, that mom or dad would buy enough fireworks and the right kind of fireworks for a really fun time. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah. So when, when I grew up in, in Missouri, there were no real restrictions on fireworks whatsoever. Missouri, for whatever reason, has always been one of these places that uh, allowed its citizens to go crazy with fireworks, and the bigger ones, and the, the louder ones, and whatever. The more dangerous ones were legal for a long time in Missouri, and in certain places they're probably not, like in certain city limits, but uh, you can still drive not very far and buy them, and everybody does it, and the police don't do anything really. I think they just uh, respond to emergencies um, instead of handing out tickets and things like this on Fourth of July. But uh, so, <clears throat> yeah, Missouri had a really great um, uh, fireworks culture. Maybe maybe one of the best in, in the states as far as personal fireworks, right? Ones that you can buy yourself. And then we moved to New Mexico when I was 13. And New Mexico was also not bad, uh, especially where we lived way out uh, in a, we were like in the fifth biggest uh, town in New Mexico, which isn't saying anything. Uh, <laughs> it was small and we lived outside that town. We lived on the outskirts of that town. Uh, and New Mexico is one of the least populated states in America. It's one of the largest, I think it's the fifth or sixth largest state uh, and yet probably in the top I don't know, 10% of populations I guess or, or a low, the, sorry, the bottom 10% of population density or whatever <clears throat> so uh, we had fireworks there but the difference was uh, the fireworks in Missouri being a very green humid uh, area didn't start a lot of fire, but in New Mexico, we lived in the mountain desert, and the mountain desert has a lot of brush. It has a lot of... <clears throat> Sorry, I just can't shake this on my throat. <coughs> Excuse me. Mornings, man. I'm trying to drink a little water here, see if that helps. <clears throat> The uh, brush in uh, New Mexico makes it more difficult. And so uh, when you puff up, you know, shoot off a bottle rocket, for example, you kind of have to follow it and see where it lands. And, and if it starts a fire, you've got to stamp it out. You know, you've got to make sure that it doesn't start a big grass fire somewhere. <clears throat> so New Mexico has a lot of, yeah, uh, sagebrush, tumbleweed. Um, as well as, uh, you know, just grasses, uh, especially where we lived. And then they have, you know, small dried little pine trees here and there as well that can catch fire pretty quickly. So, <clears throat> yeah, um, when I was, I believe I was 15 and somehow, and I don't know how, Oh, excuse me. 
I was able to get a part-time job a week before 4th of July. And that's when the fireworks stands opened in a fireworks stand. So I sold fireworks when I was 15 years old uh, at a fireworks stand a couple miles from my house in the heat of the summer in this little wood open shack. So I had, you know, I had a little shade, but it was, you know, pretty much exposed to the elements. I did have a, like a plywood roof over my head, but it wasn't much. And so these, these people, uh, are selling fireworks, dude, you are stuck in the middle of nowhere. And they asked me to come and help, but I don't remember how I met them, but I do remember that the owner drove a little red Corvette, (laughs) uh, for sure. And, uh, they were kind of neat people. So I went and worked part-time for them. I probably made minimum wage or because I was 15, less than minimum wage. And I'm not, you know, at 15, you're not actually allowed to, to work. You shouldn't even have a part-time job as far as I know. Um, 16 is the legal, legal age to have a job. But be that as it may, I worked in a very public area in a, in a truck stop kind of area. There were a couple of gas stations, truck stops, this is again right outside of town and yeah I sold fireworks and I was 15 and it was amazing so at the end of the week I go home with some money and then much better than the money the owner lets me take home all of the leftover fireworks I've never been more popular than I was that day. I don't think. I really don't think so. Um, He gave me a box and he just started putting stuff in it. And there was lots of leftover stuff here and there. And it was the more expensive stuff, you know, stuff that people didn't buy. And so I walked home as a 15 year old. And now we lived in a children's home at the time, mind you. So my parents were, uh, house parents, they call it. So there were, there were four houses and each house had about, you know, between eight, eight, 10, 12 kids. And then there was a set of parents who took care of those children. And some of the children were orphans and some were not. Some were, uh, um, I guess abandoned is kind of a harsh word because uh, it doesn't take into account the reasons that people allow other people to raise their kids, but be that as it may, that's what it was, and it was Manuelito Navajo Children's Home, and my parents worked there, and so when I went back, of course, there's kids everywhere, there's 50 kids right there in our little neighborhood of four houses, and I come back with all these fireworks, and we just had a big firework party, it was great, it was awesome, except it was one of the driest days driest years and every place a firework dropped a fire started every place every single place so every time we'd shoot off something we'd have to run and figure out where it landed we have to watch very closely and then we'd have to go put out a fire that's how dry the desert gets Uh, I don't think people in in Japan have any any idea what that's like. Um, the good thing about New Mexico is that, you know, even if there is a 
a fire that starts, there's not a lot to burn, and it'll burn fast, and it'll spread fast, and it'll be furious, but there's not a lot of fuel, right? It's mostly grass and brush, things that burn fast and hot, uh, and are over, right? Uh, but still, you know, you can start bigger fires. You could start a, a barn fire or a house fire, or God forbid a car might catch on fire that's close to grass or something like that. So, so we had to follow these fireworks around and, and put them all out one by one. You know, put out little fires. We were putting out fires everywhere that night. And it was so much fun. It was, I don't know, that was part of the story that I'll always remember um, of, you know, July 4th when I was 15 years old. It was a lot of fun. Now, even before then, I had a lot of good memories. Um, one memory I have of July 4th is lighting some kind of a, uh, they call them a, a fountain or a shower, one of these uh, really big, fat, sparkly things that put up a huge, colorful shower of sparks. Uh, we lit one of those in my backyard, and my my dog, Tippy, um, was trying to protect everybody from it, so he was kind of attacking. He was trying to attack this thing because he thought it was dangerous for us. It scared him and he thought it would hurt, you know, his family. And so he would try to attack this thing and he's jumping over it, through it, not afraid at all. I mean, just just an amazing dog Tippy was. Uh, we had him since he was born. He was born in our house, actually. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, we, his mom was our dog too, Rinny, Rinny and Tippy. But, uh, that's another memory I have. Um, other memories of 4th of July are, you know, I, I've been out of the country for 4th of July for more than half my life, so I don't have a ton of memories. <clears throat> and there is a time that, you know, there is a time when maybe the 4th of July is, you know, like whatever. It's just a time to get together and eat hamburgers, you know, uh, have a barbecue, see family. I don't think I was really into the 4th of July much uh, when I was in Oklahoma, for example, during college and after, when I, if, I, if I was there for the summers. So, <clears throat> it's really, you know, high school and before are all of my, my favorite 4th of July memories as a child. Um, <clears throat> all right, so that was just a little reminiscing about 4th of July, and that's neither here nor there, I guess. But, you know, 4th of July commemorates war. <clears throat> that's what it does. It commemorates the, the day when, when British subjects who lived in America decided to break the law and rebel against uh, the British Empire, uh, or specifically King George. Uh, and... They, they wanted, uh, really, they wanted representation. They wanted to be represented. But in the end, I think they just decided that independence was easier. They, they could not get George to allow them to be represented in his government. And so they decided, well, you know, to hell with it. We'll just, we'll just break off. We, you know, we wrote the Declaration of Independence. And we... Um, 
mustered the troops. Is that how we say it? And uh, we went to war with Britain over who would have sovereignty uh, over uh, the 13 colonies uh, of America. Uh, whether it would be um, the king, King George, or whether it would be the people of the colonies. Uh, and so America was born, and we fought a, an extended war with the British. And really, we fought two wars with the British. We fought them again later for something else. Uh, but eventually, America gained its independence and became the country you know today. Uh, some 200 and... I don't know. How, how far are we from independence? 76 would have been 200. So we're, we're getting close to two... We already passed 250, so it's... You know, I guess we're on the way to 300 years, right? Uh, 2076 will be... Uh, 300 years since we declared our independence from Great Britain. Uh, and then we get all of the mythology of the founding fathers and, you know, how great they were and, and uh, you know, how perfect they were. And, uh, you know, Benjamin Franklin, George Washington, John Adams. Um, I mean, you know, a lot of guys. A lot of guys who signed that Declaration of Independence. Of course, I miss Thomas Jefferson, who's one of the more important ones and the, the person who penned it. But, you know, down deep, America still has a fascination, a, an obsession with war. No matter how much we try to paint it in Christian colors, uh, America was born out of war. And it has survived through war. And it continues to make war. It has the largest, most expensive military on the planet. Uh, it spends a huge amount of its money on uh, so-called defense. But defense equals offense as well. <clears throat> uh, and we still... Uh, yeah, we still dabble in war all, all, all over the world, whether we support other countries who make war or defend themselves, be that as it may. And, uh, and the 4th of July is just an extension of that. It's, it's, it's part of who you become as an American internally. It, it becomes, uh, you know, this fascination with blowing things up. It just seems so simple, right? <clears throat> Guns and blowing things up. It's a just something boys do, but is it? Or is it, you know, the just how deeply war has gotten into us? <clears throat> that is the question. I'm gonna try something hotter on my throat. I cannot clear my throat. I'll save my life. have to be able to teach effectively though. I overslept this morning. Uh, 
in the American church <clears throat> being as fascinated with the idea of America as it is with you know trying to be Christ-like is is in that war machine somehow. Now a lot of it, a lot of how the church operates for the government in times of war is that it it tells the people that it's okay. You can support the government. It's okay. The, the government going to war is okay. It's okay with Jesus. It's okay with the Bible. It's okay with God. It's okay with the Holy Spirit. It's what God wants. It's the will of God. Uh, you can go and fight for your country. Uh, it's okay, right? And so whether they do it knowingly or unwittingly, they are part of the propaganda machine that is able to encourage its citizens to go to war. It's not a very pretty thing. Uh, It's, I don't know, some people like me uh, might even say it's uh, completely wrong. It's completely missed the point of Jesus. It's taken the church that Jesus died uh, creating um, and and made it something that's that's no more than a another version of Babylon, another empire out there that impresses the weak uh, for its own benefit, for the benefit of an elite number of citizens, mind you, it has to, it has to pull the wool over most citizens' eyes, uh, and get them to work for the benefit of the elite. I know this sounds a little like conspiracy stuff, but I think this is what's always happened. I don't think it's anything new or novel. Not at all. I, I think it's what's always had to happen. Uh, sure, some of the wealthy get the higher jobs in military sometimes in, in history. Not so much today. Um, <clears throat> you see the wealthy today dodging uh, being in the military. They let they let other people run the military while they stay at home reaping the benefits by investing in, in the companies that make the weapons and and. Uh, That's how they benefit from war. And people do benefit from war. If they didn't benefit, they wouldn't do it. People benefit. People know how a certain types of business people know how to benefit from uh, almost anything. You know, there are people that became billionaires because of COVID. They saw saw an opportunity and they took it. <clears throat> In fact, you might say that that's the definition of a business person. That's what business people do. Um, that's what capitalism is. You see an opportunity, and capitalism gives you the freedom to do whatever the heck you want, uh, as long as you don't uh, break. Uh, too many egregious laws 
Um, <clears throat> and so off the poor go to make war for what they're told is a um, what they're told is is a uh, just cause that they're they're fighting for justice. Uh, they're fighting to release the oppressed. When in reality, the people off fighting the wars are the oppressed, um, and they're helping oppress others, and basically, you know, filling the pockets of a, a, a few people, you know, back in penthouses in New York City or whatever. That's what war is. Um, war does benefit people. And war has always been about benefiting, right? So, you know, when countries in Europe would go to war together, usually it was over, you know, borders, boundary, uh, boundaries. A lot of times it was it was over controlling certain uh, trade routes or, or um, uh, getting access to uh, certain um, natural resources, right? Um trying to control something so that the the king could become more wealthy and more powerful and whatever. <clears throat> it's what war's always been about. But there has to be there has to be a a narrative placed forth that's good enough that the people will fight for it. And this is where religion comes in. <laughs> This is where religion has come in. Religion has uh, enjoyed the attention given to it by certain powers that be and then agreed to become the mouthpiece of propaganda. And it's horrible. I mean, it's absolutely horrible. Now, mind you, a lot of the religious people are duped by the propaganda. A lot of the religious leaders are duped by the propaganda as much as, you know, they're the people in their churches. <clears throat> Man, I cannot clear my throat and save my life. I think I would just save my life. I'm just not sure I'm going to be able to save my voice. <sighs> um... So here we are, Independence Day, right? 200 and whatever years. Well, I can figure this out. Let's see, 76 is eight years older than me. So that's going to be uh, 62. So 262 years ago. That can't be right. Yeah, it is right. Bicentennial, yeah. 262 years ago is when uh, the Declaration of Independence was written, or, or I'm sure it's written over several days, but submitted, if you will. <clears throat> when it was signed, that's what it was. It was signed on that day. And uh, not much has changed. Not much has changed. Um, what the wealthy Americans back then told the the people 
was that they wanted to uh, they wanted to uh, you know allow the people who are actually in America to make the decisions about America. And they wanted to stop being uh, unfairly taxed. But then as soon as they got power, of course they started taxing the people. And uh, they started taking advantage just like the, the king did. You know, in the, in the movie The Patriot, which a lot of people will watch today, it's about the uh, War of Independence, uh, Mel Gibson movie. It's a movie I love actually. Uh, maybe it's just that Americanness in me that can't but can't can't but love it. Uh, it has a line that I'll never forget. And the Martin uh, is his name Jeremy Jeremy Martin Martin. Is it oh, idiot. His name's something Martin. Uh, I can't remember now. Anyway, his last name is Martin, and he is in the state, if you will, or the local body of leaders meeting. He's in a meeting. Uh, eventually, we'd, we'd probably call it something like the state legislature, uh, but this is before the Declaration of Independence. So... Um, He's in the meeting, and he he wants to vote against um, becoming independent. And he says, why should I trade one tyrant? How does he say? One tyrant 3,000 miles away for 3,000 tyrants one mile away. <laughs> It's a great line, right? Why should I trade one tyrant 3,000 miles away, in other words, King George, for 3,000 tyrants one mile away? And he's saying, you know, everybody's going to be their own king in America. How is that going to be better? Every single person can be a tyrant. And what he's saying is people are people. King George is just a human being, and human beings have, have certain proclivities, right? They, they have certain things that they gravitate towards, all things being equal and and you know just how are we any different than him you know we all want the same thing we want wealth and we want power and and uh, you know we want to control our own property and it's a pretty cool line <clears throat> and it actually says a lot um, against the idea of, of what America was doing there I'm not saying it was justified I what happened back 200-whatever years, I had nothing to do with, and, and really, you know, I wasn't there, you know. Uh, all I have is imperfect history uh, to give me some ideas, but, you know, it happened, and it's done, and it's over with, and whatever. Uh, I'm more worried about who we are today and what each of us does uh, with the day that we're given, right? <clears throat> and... I hope that what we don't do is to continue to oppress people, continue to uh, be selfish in the world, and and, uh, and I do wish that the church could um, 
cut its ties with government. Uh, this has been, it's been an une- uneasy, uh, uncomfortable, um, unrighteous, if I'm honest, uh, marriage, and it really needs to end. Um, America is not the new Jerusalem. America is not the light on the hill, you know, the city on the hill. Uh, America isn't uh, much more than any other country that's ever, ever, uh, Sorry, we're in a tunnel, so it's kind of loud. There's a big truck in front of me. So, yeah, as you celebrate Independence Day, I... Excuse me. I hope you uh, ruminate a little bit on what it means to uh, be dependent on Christ. Um, That independence... Another word for independence, we use as freedom, is something that's actually given to you by Christ and has nothing to do with America. Uh, and Americans are not more free than other people people around the world, uh, all things considered, even though Americans think they are. Uh, there's actually quite a bit of freedom. Japan is a very free country. In a lot of ways, it's more free than I found America to be. Um... <clears throat> And because of this, because of this cloud of cult America that hangs over her, that's its own oppressive force that you may not see it. You may not realize that you've been duped and the wool's been pulled over your eyes, but uh, that's not freedom. When you're lied to and you believe the lies by the powers and principalities, Um, that's not what I'd call freedom, right? That's something different than freedom. Wow, there's a lot of people here today. What is going on? Is this done about that? I have no idea what's going on, but I guess I'll find out. Sorry, uh, I kind of stopped for a minute because I'm kind of surprised by what I found here when I got to the school. So anyway, I'm going to have to cut this off. I got like two minutes to get to work and thanks for listening. Bye-bye.